Meseches Rosh Hashanah, Peri Gimel, Mishnah Beis. Kol HaShofaros Kishirin, all types of shofars are valid. Our Mesechta now moves from the discussion of Kiddush HaChodesh to one of the primary Rosh Hashanahs that we alluded to in the beginning of the Mesechta, the Rosh Hashanah of the beginning of Tishrei, where we also know that it is called a Yom Teruah. Yom Teruah Yielachem, it's a day of shofar blowing. And so therefore, one of the primary mitzvahs on the day of Rosh Hashanah is to, in fact, go ahead and blow the shofar. And the question is, what type of shofars are kosher for this particular mitzvah? So the Mishnah says, Kol ashofaros kasherin, all animal horns are called a shofar and are considered kosher for use on Rosh Hashanah. A ram, a goat, all sorts of other types of animals. Chutz mishal para, except for that of a cow. And the Mishnah mentions a cow because the um, the cow's horns, in theory, could be used for a shofar, but nevertheless is invalidated. Because it is called a keren, because it is called a horn. And in the Pasuk in Devarim, It is called a horn. So therefore, uh, it is not permitted. The Gemara also mentions another reason why one cannot use a shofar from a par, from a uh, para, from a cow, and that is because of the principle of ein kategor nasasanegor. A prosecutor cannot become a defendant. And since the cheta egel, um, the worship of the calf, was such a prominent sin in the course of Jewish history, therefore we do not want to recall that sin in the same context as appealing for the rachamim, for the mercy of a Kaddish Baruch Hu. Amar Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yossi disagrees with the Tanakhama. And he says, All shofars are called keren. That when they make a long blast with the ram's keren. So therefore... So therefore, all shofars are called a uh, are called a keren, and there's no problem, according to Rabbi Yossi, using the shofar of a par. The halacha is like the chachamim. However, we will see the Rabbi Yossi is relevant for the next mishnah, Mishnah Gimel, where the mishnah says shofar shall Rosh Hashanah, the shofar of Rosh Hashanah shall yael. It should pre- preferably be from a wild goat. That even though Artana holds. Uh, like the previous Tana, that all shofaros are kosher. Nevertheless, the ideal shofar is the one that is a yoel, one is from a, a wild goat, and his pashut is straight. The horn of a wild goat is, is called straight, since it's much less curved, says the Mepharshim, than um, other other types of horns, other types of shofars. But nevertheless, it doesn't mean it has to be completely straight, but it should be as straight as possible. Upiv mitzupa zahav, and a gold, gold should cover the mouthpiece. So the Mepharshim say that this was followed, this procedure we're about to, we're describing now and we're about to describe following this phrase uh, was only for the shofar blowing that was done in the Beis HaMikdash, but not shofar blowing that was done anywhere else. As well, the Gemara points out that the gold that you're covering the shofar with cannot be on the actual spot where the lips touch the shofar, as that would be a chatzitza. That would be a separation between the person and the actual shofar itself. The uh, the question that does come up is how is it that in the previous Mishnah we disqualified a shofar because of any 
remnant of Ein Kategor Nasa Sanegor, which the Gemara Rosh Hashanah goes on to say is also a reason why gold is not used in the course of the Avodan Yom Kippurim, because the golden calf. So Ein Kategor Nasa Sanegor is the reason why we didn't use a shofar shell para. So why do we permit gold to be put on the shofar itself? Does that not also remind a Kodesh Baruch Hu about our laxity in his faith, in faith of him, um, in the experience of the Chet HaEgel? And the answer is that uh, our Mishnah follows the opinion of Rabbi Yossi. Rabbi Yossi did not evoke the principle of En Kategor Nasus and Eger and permitted the shofar of the para. So here too, he permits the shofar to be decorated and covered with this golden plating. And the way they would blow the shofar in the Beis Amigdash is there were two chatzotros, two silver trumpets that were on either side of the of the shofar that was being uh, blown. As the Pasuk says, Bachatzotros vikol shofar hariu lifnei amelech Hashem. With chatzotros and the voice of the shofar, we should call out before the king HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Shofar marich bechatzotros mekatzros. But when they would blow it, they would begin the blowing with all three, the two chatzotros and the shofar. But then the chatzotros would cut out, they would terminate early, and the shofar sound would extend beyond the chatzotros, so is to show that the Iker, um, the primary obligation, is in the obligation to hear the shofar. The mitzvah of the day is actually the shofar. The Gemara raises the problem that we have a principle, that you, you, a person can't really discern um, independent voices when they are um, expressed simultaneously. And so how is it possible that for part of the duration of blowing on the shofar, the chatzotros accompany it, how could the person hear the shofar itself in the background noise of the chatzotros? And the Gemara says that that's only, that principle is only true in general. But when you have something that is chaviv, something that is dear to a person, that a person can distinguish amongst other sounds.